As preview season draws to a close, baseball season begins. We wrap up our preview series on this week's episode of the Indie Ball Report podcast. All right, we are back again. Episode number 116 of the Indie Ball Report podcast. I'm Nick. He's Will. We have an Atlantic League preview today. I think there may be news, but quite frankly, I don't know. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. Like, well, I, I want to say that the Frontier League kind of finalized their uh, extra inning rules. Uh, but I don't know that for certain. I think they did, though, because I thought well, I saw did something. Did they not announce it? I didn't see an official announcement, I don't think, but I thought I saw, yeah, yeah, Quebec announced, I'm looking at that right here, like, rule change and extra rounds, it translates, it's not exactly right, but, uh, yeah, uh, pretty much it's, I believe it just says what we already know, yeah, after yeah. 10 managers will come past the, blah, 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 blah. yeah, it's what we said, so, I mean, we could go over that, but. I think people want us to talk about the previews because I think yeah, we're done I, I talking think, about news. I'm there. I'm very ready for. Well, there is a little bit of news, you know, the report about uh, Salem and Staten Island. That too, yeah. I suppose we could talk about that. That was the big thing I was forgetting about here. Yeah, although uh, yeah, we could mention that, or we could hold off on that. You know, we could hold off if you want to just do straight Atlantic League preview. That works too. I think that's what we should be doing. I think we should do the preview here. We'll hold off on that other news until that gets a little bit clearer, and uh, because I th- believe, or at least I've heard from people, there's going to be more on that sooner than later. So I think holding off on that until there's a little bit more meat on that bone is probably good. the best court. Yeah. Yep. So now that we've come to that decision, what we're going to be doing is doing an Atlantic League preview for the whole show. Um, normally we probably would have said. Yeah, screw it, we'll include that other news, but this is going to take a while, because all our previews take a while, and I think everyone's kind of done with, you know, the two, two and a half hour long shows, so with all that said and done, and Christ knows we've done enough expansion talk for quite some time, and baseball being back, we should probably talk about that too, we're going to get right into these previews, and then starting next week, we're going to actually be able to talk legitimate baseball from three different leagues, pretty That's cool. right. that's pretty cool. <laughs> It is, it is really exciting, and I know we're recording this on a Friday, so we got one Atlantic League game in the other night. It's just really excited to have every... I could I finally made a scoreboard post. Of I my, know. I miss those electric graphic. blue posts. Oh, dude. It, it, I, I am so bad with graphics. Like, I'm just dreadful. So, that, that... But, listen, the important thing is you get the information to the people. Exactly. He doesn't... It doesn't have to look pretty. It just needs to do its job. And to be quite that honest, like, there's something that, charming that about like the, that. That is like the slogan of my entire high school basketball career. So <laughs> It doesn't have to be pretty. Just go under the net. Just go do your job and do the dirty work and let other people score. <laughs> so I guess on that note, we'll uh, dive headfirst into this Atlantic League preview. And I'm not sure where you want to start with this. I suppose we should probably lay down any of the rules and things like that for this year and the general structure before we start doing the, the actual team breakdowns. Um, from in which 
We are up to an eight-team league, so we remain at eight teams. Obviously, Somerset and and uh, Sugarland they wind up going into affiliated ball. They are now double and triple A, respectively. And we did lose New Britain; they kind of contracted. And in yeah. their stead, we now have uh, Gastonia as the new team. We have. Lexington and we have West Virginia coming in from affiliated ball so we do have a bit of a new look in the Atlantic League but we still do have our kind of traditional eight teams that's right it's uh it's gonna be the last season of eight teams for a while hopefully. a long time yeah hopefully I guess, like, maybe ever I don't know that'd be ideal be- it certainly would be ideal if that was the case it is uh certainly a new look but it's gonna be it's going to be a fun season, especially in the second half when the mound gets moved back. Uh, so that, and I should I should I should clarify that. Of course, you're gonna have um, the the only two really super interesting rules that I think that are gonna actually impact gameplay. You're going to see the double hook DH, uh, the the half the uh, compromise between. Uh, the compromise between me and Nick Firestone. You, so the, uh, let me clarify the compromise between people that like real baseball and some heathen form of baseball that's played in the American League. You know, sure, sure. <laughs> uh, and so a pitch, a starting pitcher, uh, you can have the DH to start the game, and after the pitcher, uh, the starting pitcher exits the game. The uh, you no longer uh, have the DH. The pitcher goes into that spot, and you have to pinch hit. So. Could, or unless you enter your DH into the field and double switch him out of the game, which is probably more likely to keep that bat in the lineup. Uh, but that's going to be really interesting to see how that works. And, uh, of course, the second half of the season, the mound will be moved back one foot. So we'll, we'll, get, we'll have fun comparing numbers between the first half and the second half. As much as we all don't like it, it's going to happen. So... Um, it's going to be, it's going to be really interesting. It's going to be a really fun season. And I I really feel confident in saying this, Nick, I I don't know if you get the same vibe Mm -hmm. that throughout this league, uh, of course, with the minor league contraction as well, I think this is the most talented Atlantic league we've ever seen. Maybe not with like the biggest names, like maybe in the early 2000s when you had Mm -hmm. guys like Jose Canseco and Ricky Henderson and those guys. I think as a whole, from top to bottom, I think you we have never seen an Atlantic League this talented, uh, just roster-wise. Like, as we'll get into the show, there's only one team that I think is really bad. And even even teams I have, I ranked at number seven and number six, well, I might as well spill the beans since I already posted it on my ALPB News Instagram. Lancaster ranked seventh, uh, York ranked sixth, and Southern Maryland ranked fifth. Any of those teams could could I could totally see make the playoffs. I see I I I see there's there's certainly strengths with each team. So it is a really talented, really talented league from top to bottom, and one I don't think we've really seen before uh, in the Atlantic League. Yeah, there's a lot of pathways to victory for a lot of these teams. I would say probably not like I say the talent's more evenly distributed. I'd say like the on average talent of each team is probably better than we've seen in a very long time. I'm not sure I say that it's as like top heavy with talent, like you said, like back when you had your Ricky Andersons, your Armando Benitez, your Jose Canseco, guys like that, you know, big name draws. But 
I do think on average you see a lot more talent here because I've noticed some things when I was going through like each of these teams here. Obviously, I still have two previews to post as of right now. When you're listening to this, each team preview will be up on on the uh, Indie Ball Instagram there. But you'll notice like a lot of them, they either have AAA experience, uh, Mexican League experience, Jap- Japan or uh Chinese experience like something like that they played in a top five league in the world almost all of them or they're longtime players of the Atlantic League which as we know is a very high quality I mean it's probably it certainly is a top 10 league I'd say in the world so these are top tier players and so I do agree with you I think that there are a lot of teams that have a really good shot here and I think we're both kind of in agreement on that one team that uh isn't looking as great as the other seven. But, Do you, uh, want, you want to start with them then, Nick? We could. I have them as the second team in my preview list, so we could maybe just wait a second on there just to make it easier okay. on me for, for scrolling around a bit. I have Lancaster up first, which obviously isn't the team we're talking about, but... Uh, yeah. That's fine. Yeah, so I guess we'll, let's start with Lancaster then, because I do know we actually do have some... Uh, uh, wait, I'm going to say Lancaster, because apparently it's pronounced like that i feel weird saying it if i'm not from there it doesn't feel genuine see for me it just doesn't look right like i'm sorry that that looks like lancaster i'm sorry it looks like lancaster it doesn't have a k in there There, it's not l-a-n-k-i-s-t-e-r it's l-a-n-c-a-s-t-r that's cast that's not kissed I, I, it, it just doesn't look right. I'm sorry, it just doesn't. And that's going to keep happening because it doesn't look right. Yeah, I got it. Yeah, I it's like it. the it's like Lake Country. Like I'm not going to try <laughs> to pronounce the original name, although apparently on that around the association, Josh Schaub announced pronunciated it correctly, and I was very impressed. Like he, pro- he probably like practiced that like four or five times. times. Oh yeah, no, he he probably spent like a solid fifteen minutes before going on like trying to figure out how to pronounce it right exactly probably one of those deep fake voices that's what it was <laughs> definitely yeah <laughs> that's what it's gonna be but uh yeah so with lancaster 51 and 89 in 2019 ross peoples is back they last won a championship in 2014 so seven years ago and i gotta be honest it's really a decent team like i wasn't expecting to be as decent as they were they're not in that upper half of the league, at least in my mind, especially after losing B.J. Boyd. But, I mean, Trayvon Robinson's very good. Caleb Jindal uh, is not bad. Galleon's not bad either. Um, I really do like Elamund. I think he is a sneaky good player. I thought he did decent in Chicago last year. Uh, he's got a little bit of pop to him, but I think I think the numbers will probably go down a little bit just because of a slightly higher level of competition, but not too much. I think he goes from batting like 263 to like 258, so hardly even noticeable because, I mean, the American Association last year was very, very good, very, very talented. Anderson De La Rosa, too, I didn't remember how good he actually was, but he was actually a pretty productive catcher, at yeah. least from the plate. Uh, I will admit... The starting rotation, I'm not in love with it. Uh, there's a lot of concerns I have there. Um, especially too, because they're going to lose some pieces uh, just across the whole board here to the Olympics fairly soon. 
Uh, Bullpen-wise, I think there's a lot of guys in there that look pretty good. Obviously, Showman's, you know, always going to be pretty good out of the bullpen. Junior Rincon is a dude where I'm very interested to see how he does. And then a guy like uh, Garrett Granitz and then uh, Joel Espinal. Those are two guys I think they need a little bit of a bounce back from 2019, but they certainly can do it. I'm just a bit concerned on Granitz's case because he's had a couple of years now where it hasn't been the best, at least ERA-wise. So yeah. I do wonder if people are starting <laughs> to figure him out. Yeah, I think as far as as far as far as Lancaster, you know, I'm gonna well see. I, I originally really liked their starting rotation, and then Brandon Lawson got picked up. Yeah. So Heath Tolmeyer, I think, is really good. He uh, mm-hmm. in his start the other night against Gastonia, he was he was excellent for six innings, only gave up three hits, one run, uh, struck out nine. He was really impressive. Uh, pitched for the Royals back in 2019 as well. So um, he, that that's that's a big league arm for sure. Really like Tyler Herb, 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 whatever. Yeah. Uh, I, I really like him. He, he's a guy, I think, similar to Phil Meyer, a guy who has been consistently good in double A. And then when they make the jump to triple A, they hit a wall. I think those are like a lot of the guys that you see come to the Atlantic League that they kind of hit a wall before going to triple A. Um, Tyler Herb is one of those guys. I think he could be really good. I'm, I'm very, very high on him. Um, a guy who's another, another interesting guy, Andrew, uh, Andrew Kutura, I think that's how you say it. Um, he's a guy who's been, he's been injured for a while. Uh, can't, he missed two years, two or three years with an injury. Actually, uh, when he was with the twins organization, finally came back into high A in 2018, was good in high A, uh, got in double A ERA doesn't look great, but he pitched better. Uh, they pitched better than it, the, the underlying numbers uh, seem to suggest. He got a little bit unlucky there. So I, I think he's an underrated guy that I like. Um, Jared Lockend as well. Um, he is just the most bizarre road home splits that I, I, I've ever seen. But given Clipper Magazine is a, uh, given that short course that's just 300 feet away in right field, I, I guess that isn't too surprising. Uh, now, number five spot in this rotation. Not quite sure. I went with Tommy Shirley, uh, a guy who's pitched with Rockland, struggled with Rockland in 2019. I don't know if he's a great option. We'll see who they elect to throw into the rotation. I, I think I think it's a decent group. I think I'm a little bit higher on them than you are, Nick. Mm. Uh, but I think the, the as far as the bullpen, um, Scott Schumann's always going to be great. Not worried at all about that rough stint in Chicago last year at all. Uh, Granite, I agree with you. I think uh, I agree with your assessment. The numbers are kind of trending the wrong way, uh, and it concerns me a little bit. I know he's hurt to start the year uh, with the Barnstormers, so he will not be there to start the year. Yoel Espinal's a guy I'm really high on. Had a rough year in Double A last year, but the previous year, uh, in he's in Double A, had a 198 ERA in 40 appearances. So I think he's a guy, a really good bounce back candidate, as well as Junior Rincon, who struggled big time in Somerset, but was one of York's better relievers in 2018. So uh, I, those are two big bounce back candidates for me. The lineup, you know, the lineup with BJ Boyd out, I'm not the biggest fan of the lineup. Uh, De La Rosa had good numbers uh, a year ago, but he's 38. I. I think there's some regression coming. I think 2019 was a big outlier as far as his batting average, and that concerns me a little bit. Um, Blake Alamond, uh, Blake Alamond had 
solid year with the dogs last year. So we'll see what he ends up, uh, what he ends up being. I don't really love a lot of these other bats in this infield. Melvin Mercedes homered last night. So um, maybe perhaps he's starting to round a little bit into his power in the outfield. Blake Galen, as long as he's going to be, as long as he's here before he departs to team Israel is going to rake. We know that uh, Trayvon Robinson, a huge fan of somehow he's in indie ball after, after hitting really well in triple a, uh, in 2019 uh, with Indianapolis. And Caleb Gindle, we know what he's going to do. He's going to hit for power, hit 22 home runs last year. Kelly Duke, another guy I, I like as well with big power. So I think the, I like the outfield, not a big fan of the infield. So there's there's uh, some strengths to this team, but some other pretty big weaknesses. It, it was enough questions for me to put them at number seven in my power rankings. But I do think that there is certainly a path to them potentially um, sneaking into a wild card spot or something like that, uh, but in a in a in a tightly in a very evenly distributed talent uh, league talent wise, I put Lancaster in the seven spot, just because there are some questions in in certain parts of the roster, as well as the um, specifically the infield is what I'm looking at. Yeah, I, like I agree with you in the case, in the point of there is a pathway for them to be in the playoffs. It's definitely a wild card. They're not going to win the division. No, it's just not going to happen. Uh, what my concern is is, and I believe the wild card works where it's just the top two teams that don't win their division get it. I don't think it's like you know the first and second place team in a division, uh, which under that assumption, I think that there's two other teams from the South Division that are, you know, significantly better than they are. So it's definitely a roadblock for them. I'm not sure if I could see them, you know, making a a good run at it, especially when you start losing guys to the Olympics. That said, I don't think they're going to be as bad as they were in 2019. I'm pretty confident in that. It's just I don't know if they're going to be good enough to get a playoff spot i think they'll probably be because it's a 120 game season i think they'll probably be around 500 i could see them being around there i think that's that's the thing this year i think there's a lot of teams that are about 500 i don't think there's a lot of teams that are you know like tremendously that above 500 but i also don't think there's a lot of teams where you're gonna be like oh my god how are they 20 games under Uh, i agree with that so I, I could definitely see them being around a 55, 60 win team. That would not surprise me in the least bit. So, uh, but one of those teams that really I don't think falls into that group, well, that's Gastonia. And before we start on this, I do want to say, I really was hoping I could give them a good review. I was really hoping that coming into this year, we could go, well, learned our lesson from High Point. We're not going to doubt them. They're going to, you know, really come out and fight hard in a tough division, probably one of the better divisions we've seen in a while. And as of the recording, they still have yet to put a roster up on their website, and they played yesterday. So that makes it a lot difficult, a lot more difficult to cover them. That said, there is a little bit on baseball reference that you can kind of go on, and you can use the transaction page. It's very difficult to. Uh, really get a preview on them and the preview that I do have there really isn't that many good players to be blunt there's like it's a weird team I want to say that like like I said in my preview I'm a lot higher on them than a lot of other people are because there 
is a decent amount of former major league talent on this team. There's guys like Jamie Callahan, uh, Donnie Hart, you know, there's guys, there's some, there's some guys here that are not terrible that, like I said, they have some major league experience, but then they have guys that have no pro experience, you know? You go from having Donnie Hart and Robbie Scott to having Jordan Howard, J.C. Pena, Colton Whitehouse, A.J. Merkel, Alexi Gomez. I mean, you have all these guys that, at least as far as I can tell, don't have any pro experience. They have a couple of guys that are in their late 30s, early 40s, which they look like they're supposed to be major pieces. And I'm not sure how much I love having guys in their late thirties, early forties being main pieces. Like, I don't want to say that they're going to be like that bad, but I really don't see a way for them to be that good either. Like, I think they're definitely the worst team in the league. That said, I still think they're probably good for like, around 50 wins I don't think there's any way in hell they get above 500 but I just I don't think they're more than a 50 win team and I think I'm probably the most optimistic at saying they're a 50 win team yeah I think I think you're more optimistic than uh, than a lot of people I mean to be honest with you I don't want to make too big of a deal about one game yeah of course not and by the way for the record it is very annoying when you to when you look at the live when you look at the box score uh, and then you're seeing, oh crap, Jason Rogers is on the team, and I had no idea. Yeah. That, I mean, so that was that was interesting. Yeah. Uh, but you know, it's, it's really interesting that they just don't have a roster posted anywhere. That that's the thing that annoys me the most. It's like, how am I supposed to give a fair and good preview if I don't know the players I'm supposed to be previewing? And just they ra- I randomly are getting them in piecemeal. Like, I can't do that. Like, I-, I need a full roster sheet. Even if it's out of date, give me something to work with. I, yeah, it's it's frustrating. It's frustrating. I mean, as far as the team, I think the bullpen is actually not bad. Uh, I think there's some good names out there. Robbie Scott is a guy I really liked uh, from High Point last year. Um, <clears throat> John Olsak. Uh, is a guy who's really good in Double A in, in in 2019 and 2018. Struggled a little bit in Triple A, uh, but I think he could be good. Riley Ho- Riley Hovis uh, was excellent on opening day. Really, the only pitcher who was for Gastonia, striking out five in two and a third shutout innings. Uh, now he was really bad with Sioux Falls, but really good with Quebec. So, who, which one, which pitcher are we getting? I don't know. We'll have to see, but. Uh, the starting rotation, you're right, uh, when Alexis Candelario, and listen, he, he's had a nice career. He really has uh, in, in Indie Ball and pitching plenty of places, plenty of places. But Is he an Indie Ball Hall of Famer? He, maybe, maybe, but. I'm so looking forward to that segment, too. Is it just your, a sidetrack? He's your opening day starter. Opening day? I, I. I, I struggle with that. Um, and when you're bringing a lot of the guys out of the bullpen, I mean, they were bringing guys out of the bullpen yesterday who were making their professional debuts, and shockingly, it did not go well. Uh, and so, I don't know. I, I don't see it with this team. I don't see it at all. In the rotation, I kind of like... I, I'm intrigued by Chris Lee, former top prospect. Uh, showed some flashes with St. Paul in 2019. Uh, now he's healthy. He's had some injury problems. 
could he could be an interesting arm in that rotation. Um, and as far as the lineup, Jason Rogers. Now that I know he's on the freaking team, uh, he's he, he's a great bat for them. Uh, but with Boog Powell apparently not there, because uh, they never announced anything about that, and no one knows where Boog Powell. Uh, who he's playing for at this point, even though they announced it and made a big deal about it. One of the few players they did, uh, he's not there. Uh, so, and I think this lineup is going to struggle. I don't think that there's much depth there. I mean, their five hitters, Josh sale is a big name, former first round pick, but hasn't played baseball since 2015. And, and he's their number five hitter. So I don't think they're going to score any runs. I don't think the starting pitching is very good at all. I think their bullpen's decent. Like it, it might be a little bit top heavy, but I think their bullpen can, could throw a little bit. They got some nice names in there. Uh, Jamie Callahan as well, former Met. So, um, uh, I mean... I mean, Donnie I, Hart's I, also I, a former Met, too, while we're keeping score. What's that? Donnie Hart's also a former Met if we're keeping oh, track. Oh, Donnie Hart, of course. Yeah, yeah, Donnie Hart as well. So, the bullpen, the bullpen I think, could be decent. I, I The starting rotation, the lineup, I think, is the worst in the league by a pretty wide margin. Uh, so, you gave them 50... I'll give them 40, 45, anywhere from 40 to 45. Uh, I mean, I've seen, optimistically. like, honestly, we're being pretty optimistic about it. You know, we're sounding really harsh here. But compared to some of the other previews that I've seen, like, I understand what they were done when they, we literally only knew about six players on this team. But, uh, like, they had, they were tracking to be on Road Warriors status. Like, we're talking low 30s, mid 30s on wins. Yeah. I mean, the, I, I just don't see it with this team, especially with the, the very difficult schedule that they play. I don't think they're going to be competitive very much, like, at all. Yeah, like like I said, like, I really don't, like, the, like when the dealings we've had with the Gastoni organization have all been positive, so I really feel bad about ranking on them like this, but, I mean, it, there's just no way around it. They're just not a particularly good team. I Like I said, I agree with you. I think the bullpen is... It's pretty decent. I think that'll be a saving grace for them. And my only reasoning for them having 50-some-odd wins really comes down to I think they'll be able to get some runs across, especially if you add Jason Rogers in there. Um, I think as the season goes along and other teams start to lose players, particularly teams like Southern Maryland, like Lancaster, or Lancaster, like uh, York, as these teams start to lose players... I think they'll become a lot easier to beat. And I mean, there are some teams where if they're not able to replenish their talent, they become very thin in one area. And I think they'll be able to score some wins there. Like if all you need to do is really go 500 against that lower half of the league and then try to find a way to go about 400 against that upper half and you got your 50 wins. That said, it's a lot easier said than done. Yeah, but, I don't think they're going to do that. But uh, I'm holding out a little bit of hope that they can. But uh, in any case, yeah, let's go to a team that's not going to have that issue in the Lexington Legends. Uh, 50, uh, 68 and 70 in their last season in affiliated ball. PJ Phillips comes in. It is his first season managing the Lexington Legends. Uh, he previously managed in the, Paci uh, the Pacific Association, I believe, for the Vallejo Admirals. And technically, they won a championship in 2019. They won that... Uh, a South Atlantic League, and my God, did they jump onto the scene with one hell of a team. Um, you know, really, I'm going to just be real here. I could run through these players, uh, but I'm sure we're both going to have a field day doing that. 
there isn't a weak spot on this team. Um, like the lineup, you got guys like DJ Peterson, you got uh, Courtney Hawkins, you got Jordan Paccio or Pachico, you have Keon Barnum, who was a independent league player of the year. You got even a guy like Cole Sturgeon, who's pretty damn solid. And then you have the rotation here, which and the bullpen, which my God, I mean, how many former major leaguers are here? How many guys with uh, with uh, Atlantic League experience are here? I mean, you got guys like Kevin McGowan. You got guys like Liam O'Sullivan. You got guys like Henry Owens. I mean, even Jeff Thompson's a guy who's been around indie ball for a good little clip here. And he's had decent numbers, you know, not terrible, not great. Mike Hofschild is also uh, a very, very good pitcher. He had two five ERA uh, in 50 innings in 19. Then you look at the bullpen, uh, even a guy like a Sean Blackwell, who's been around indie ball for quite some time. Yeah. Grant, he hasn't played since 18, but I mean, even still, he put up very good numbers in about 62 innings, a 3.75 ERA of the bullpen's pretty damn good. Uh, you know, Robert Carson, a major leaguer, Daniel Gibson, a major leaguer. Tony Singrani, probably one of the bigger names, also a major leaguer. I mean, these are, it's such a deep, deep team at just about every respect. Uh, I feel like I have to put them at the number one spot. Like, they, they just seem to be the best team in this league just because they are so deep everywhere and that they can beat you with pitching. If their starting pitching isn't great, that's fine. Their bullpen's pretty good, too. They can outscore you. They can outpitch you. They can do whatever it needs to be done to win. I mean, I feel like I'm going to channel a little bit of Dave from last week where I go, we're going to find out how important a manager is because, I mean, there's no arguing it. PJ's a bit inexperienced. It was a bit of a surprise hire at the time. Even still is a little bit, you know, kind of interesting when you had guys like Brett Jody and George Samus that were still open there. I believe even Incognito at the time uh, was yeah. still there. So, I mean, there were certainly a lot of names, plus all the, the now unemployed, uh, formerly affiliated guys as well. There, there was a lot of options there. And going with a younger guy like Peach is a little bit surprising, but... We're going to see, you know, how he does on a much, much bigger stage than the Pacific Association. But I mean, as far as easy transitions go, you cannot ask for a much better setup than what he has right here. I mean, he essentially got the keys to a Ferrari. Uh, so we're going to find <laughs> out how important a manager is to this team. Yeah, I agree with you. I think Lexington is, they'll probably be my number one team. Uh, I think they are completely stacked uh, in all aspects of the roster. I mean, the starting rotation is really, really good. Liam O'Sullivan, who comes over from Somerset. Um, Mike Hosschild, who's going to who's their opening day starter. Uh, he was really good in Sugarland in 2019. Uh, made nine starts there. Uh, struggled in AAA, uh, but we know what he can be, former major leaguer as well. Uh, Kevin McCowan uh, was another guy who was excellent in Sugarland, pitched in the minors uh, after getting picked up from, from there at the beginning of the 2019 season. I mean, Kevin McGowan's really good. Henry Owens, is, he's the wild card. He is the, he is the wild card. We know he has the stuff. Uh, we know he has the stuff uh, to be really, really good. I mean, he was a top prospect in his younger days. Um, he's he still misses a ton of bats. Can he throw enough strikes? That's going to be the question. I Henry Owens is going to be really, really interesting to see how he does uh, with Lexington. Um, 
But even a guy like Dustin Beggs, I know he struggled in Fargo Moorhead last year, but that was just two starts. Uh, but he's, he wasn't terrible in, uh, in AAA in 2019, a 486 ERA in 13 starts uh, with AAA New Orleans. So in, in 2019, so I think he could be, be I think he could be uh, solid as well. So I think the rotation's really good. You have a guy like Jeff Thompson uh, who, as your as your sixth starter, your spot starter, which is a terrific option as as a, as a sixth starter coming over from Sussex County uh, and the bullpen. You, you mentioned it, Nick. You have the perfect mix guys who have been around indie ball for a while, like Rob Carson. Uh, and of course, um, you have guys like Daniel Gibson, who was really good in Sugarland. They took a lot of guys from Sugarland. They really did. Oh, Tony yeah. Singrani. Tony Singrani. Uh, he, I bet he's going to be really, really good. I can't believe he's not an affiliated baseball. Uh, honestly, Josh Ravens, a guy who's really interesting. He's a guy who will throw around 95, 96 miles an hour. Comes over from Japan in 2019, where he struggled throwing strikes, but only allowed four four and a half hits per nine in Japan. Uh, so if he can, and interestingly enough, in 2018, ready for this stat, Nick? All right. In, in 2018, he was in AAA Gwinnett, the the Braves affiliate. Yeah. He did not give up a run in 18 and two thirds innings and struck oh, out 14 yeah. and a half per dude. nine. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 14 and a half per nine. So he and I, I would argue he's probably not even their closer. Uh, and that, that's how good this bullpen is. I, even a guy like Tyrell Harris, I think, could be solid. Uh, and Sean Blackwell, you mentioned as well, though he hasn't pitched since 2018. This bullpen is stacked. The, the starting rotation is stacked. I mean, we moved to, 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 to the lineup. I'm nitpicking here. I don't love their catchers. I'm not a huge fan of Jake Romanski. Uh, but maybe with consistent playing time, uh, you know, the veteran minor league catchers kind of just bounce around in the minor leagues to affiliate to affiliate based on who needs a catcher. That's a tough, bit of a tough ask. So maybe he starts uh, to turn it around with consistent playing time. I don't. So the catchers, uh, I mean, again, I'm totally nitpicking here, but uh, not a huge fan of Jake Romanski. But as far as I mean, Keon Barnum is an absolute stud. DJ Peterson, absolute stud, was um, was awesome with Sugarland in a short stint there. I mean, Jordan Pacheco, former major leaguer, had a solid year in Mexico in 2019. Uh, I think you even look at a guy like uh, Roberto Baldequin, uh, had struggled a little bit in Double A in 2019, but was decent in Double A uh, back in 2018, um, and. And if you look at the, I mean, Courtney Hawkins, I talk about a feared power hitter uh, in his time during Sugarland. It was it was quite amazing uh, to watch there. The 18 home runs in 88 games, uh, and of course he, he played one game in Sugarland in 2019, hit two home runs that game, and got picked up the next day. So, uh, and even a guy like uh, Tillman Pugh. I think it, he's a guy that a lot of people are, are pretty high on. He's a guy who's been around indie ball for a while and has hit it every place he's gone, uh, especially even in the American Association in 2018, the Pacific Association in 2019. Granted, definitely a step up in competition, but he's hit everywhere he's been. So I think he's an intriguing piece. Overall, I think this is a stacked roster from top to bottom. And given that they've... Uh, made the move from affiliated ball and this is the roster they put together with 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 zero track record uh at used at their disposal it's really really impressive and uh you mentioned pj phillips being a little bit of an inexperienced manager i think having a guy like dave island with him is going to be really really helpful so i'm not so much worried about that 
really excited to see what this Lexington team does. I think they're very, very good. Oh, yeah, no, they definitely are. And, like, Keanu Barnum, the thing that gets me about him is normally, like, if you hit for power, you're not really doing much else. You're a power hitter. Keon Barnum somehow managed to hit 311 and still hit 31 home runs, and his OPS was over 1,000. And yeah. that was over the course of about 90-some-odd games. Like, that, that, that's just unreal. Like, I remember when he won Indie Ball Player of the Year, and I was, like, just kind of looking him over. I was like, oh, well, Telvin Nash was better. And now, really, like, comparing the two, like, in hindsight, no, Barnum deserved that. Barnum really did deserve that. And yeah, I'd like to, I, I, I don't know if I agree with that. but I mean, I'm not a, saying Nash didn't have a great year because he really did have an amazing year. But I'm thinking, like, you just look at it now, though, and I really, I see Barnum as, a, as like, why he won that. But to have him in there, and obviously he's kind of the crown jewel of the offense, but to see that you got guys like, Hawkins and Peterson and the slew of other guys that you mentioned, you know, Pew. It's amazing that it's like, oh, okay, so it's not just one guy of offense here. We have like layers to this. We like, like at least on other teams, if it was Keon Barnum there, you'd be like, okay, well, let's just pitch around him. I'd rather have to deal with like one or two guys on base than having to pitch to him because we pitched to him. There's pretty good odds that this run's going to come around or we're going to be in a worse place than just walking him. You can't just do that here. There's no pitching around a guy in this lineup because, well, the next guy's pretty much as dangerous as the guy you were going to walk anyway. So you might as well just go right at it. And I'm very interested to see this team, especially if it stays by and large intact. Obviously, it won't be exactly the same, but if it stays pretty much intact, I want to see him in the second half when that mount gets moved back. Yeah. That'll be interesting. That that this is when that team's really gonna hit. But uh, on that note, I guess we could go to the to the final, the three new teams, which would be the West Virginia Power, uh, also a South Atlantic League team, uh, sixty nine and seventy. They last won a championship in nineteen ninety. Mark Minikazi is in as manager, and this is another team that honestly has a lot of really, really, really nice pieces on there. Uh, probably the I'd probably call them the fourth best team in the league. They probably round out that uh, upper half of the league, but certainly no slouch here. They do seem to be a bit of like the Somerset Patriots. Uh, they get a lot of a lot of similarities there uh, because they have guys like Yovan Gonzalez, Edwin Espinal, Jimmy Paredes. Uh, who else? We got Scott Kelly somehow is still, you know, around and kicking. Uh, I don't know how they managed that. Got David uh-huh. Kubiak here. Uh, there's a lot of former Somerset guys here. So where Lexington had a bunch of Skeeters, they have a bunch of Patriots here in West Virginia. Uh, diving more in, Paredes is a dude I really, really want to, you know, root for and see him, you know, continue to break out and do well. But, I mean, I feel like we've all been saying, oh, Paredes is going to break out for like two or three years now. I'll say it again. Yeah. It's gonna. Ha- this is the year, Nick. You know, you... <laughs> Everyone has their player that they believe it. Uh, Leonardo Reginato is a dude where I really, really loved him in in uh, what was it? Uh, Ottawa, Ottawa, Ottawa. Yeah, Ottawa. I I saw the word in my head. I didn't know how to pronounce it for a second there. Totally blanked on it. But yeah, and I I loved him in Ottawa. I think he's going to do really well on this level. Uh, he has all the tools to do that. I think he's definitely a top the order guy. So I really do like that. Uh, Reimer Liriano is a dude. 
which I really, really think could do well. Uh, strikes out a lot, though, so that's a concern of mine. I'd like to see him bring that number down, but all in all, I think he really has some potential there. I also want to acknowledge Ruby Silva's a dude that I think can break out, but I've been saying he can do that for a while, too, so I mean, like, who knows? But he does have some power there, so I'm interested to see how he does. And also, uh, I'm sure we'll, we'll go into more detail about this guy, but Elmer Reyes is a dude where I'm very intrigued about him. The rotation seems to me to be made up of a lot of guys that are due for a bounce back year. Obviously, the glaring exception to that is David Kubiak, who, I mean, I mean, he's like the Jacob DeGrom of the Atlantic League. He just deals, and he does so well. I mean, before getting picked up and brought into Mexico, a 176 ERA, 82 innings, 82 Ks. I mean, the, the dude just balls out. He does well. He's going to do well you know that you pencil him in for a good start every time. Uh, he's almost appointment viewing, to be quite honest. Uh, but then you got guys like Villanueva, who pitched in China, didn't do great. But, you know, I think he could definitely rebound here. A couple of guys that pitched across indie ball. Uh, is a dude that, I don't know, he's pitched well in Quebec before, but then he had a bad year last year, but everyone had a bad year in 2019 in Quebec. Eric Manoa is a dude that, again, didn't do terrific, and I believe it was Kansas City, but, I mean, maybe he bounces back. And there's a handful of other guys, but I think, for me, the only other guy I really want to highlight here, and, again, I'm sure Will's going to really go to town on this particular player, but I have to mention him, too. Hunter Cervenka is a dude where I really don't understand why he's an indie ball. I mean, a 2.80 ERA in just about 55 innings, doesn't like yeah he walks some guys 28 walks isn't great but he struck out 68 guys so he gets out that's the thing and again like yeah he walks a lot of guys no one's gonna argue that but not a lot of them are coming around to score so i mean like only 17 earned runs which again i mean it's a little higher than you'd like but he really like the 2.80 just says it's not that big of a deal so I really don't understand why he's here he's definitely probably one of the better if not the best relievers in this league so I'm curious to see how he does this year but all in all West Virginia has themselves a team yeah I think West Virginia is a pretty well-rounded team uh, I, I think they're, they're they're certainly going to be in the mix for a playoff spot I mean their, their biggest their biggest obstacle to me seems to be their schedule uh, in the division they play in which which is certainly tough but you know, as far as the rotation, Kubiak is a stud. He's always been a stud. Continue. He's going to continue to be a stud. Uh, so he's an excellent uh, starter at the top of the rotation. I, I'm a big fan of Elie Villanueva. Struggled in Taiwan last year, but was also but also in 2019 had a 2.92 ERA in 18 starts in Taiwan. So I could certainly see him bouncing back. Uh, a guy like Misael Severio. Uh, has been put up good numbers in the Puerto Rican Winter League for the past couple of years. It's going to be interesting to see if he makes the transition, uh, throwing from throwing from the left side. Uh, so uh, Diego Moreno, another interesting piece. Uh, I bet he'll probably start put up has put up good numbers in the minors as a reliever uh, when he's uh, and then overseas he's definitely struggled a little bit. Maybe a return to the states. Um, and uh, I guess a little bit lo- a little bit worse competition than Mexico and Japan could help out a guy like Moreno. Uh, Eric Sakula, he's interesting. It's a matter of which Eric Sakula we get. Definitely struggled pretty badly in Quebec in 2019, uh, but was very good in 2018. So, again, a lot of bounce-back candidates in this starting rotation. 
But when you have David Kubiak and Villanueva, I think those are two guys who I'm pretty confident in that they're going to be really good. Uh, so I think this is a pretty solid group overall. Uh, as far as the relievers, Hunter Savanka, guy I love. Uh, Nick, you said it. I have no idea how he's in indie ball. I don't know either. Um, you'd think he's probably not going to be here for very long. Um, and uh, Gene Machi is really interesting because he was so good when he signed in Sugarland in 2018. He comes back for 2019 and was just terrible. And so he ended up getting released. It was he was really bad. So I don't know. Uh, he had a he had a solid st- he had a very good stint in the Venezuelan Winter League. Uh, maybe that could signal that he he's on his way back. Although he is he's getting up there in age. He's 39 years old now. So uh, which Gene Mach- There's a lot of there's a lot of bounce back candidates here. I mean, a guy like Eliardo Cabrera is interesting too. Uh, has recently converted from a position player. Has pretty good stuff. Uh, but he does he does have control problems as a lot of guys do who make that transition from position player to pitcher, at least originally. Um, and I, I think I like the, I, I think the, the bolt, the group of relievers is pretty top heavy because I don't love like their middle relievers. I don't, not a big fan of Pat Young. I think he walks way too many guys. Uh, Edwin Carrarte uh, has, has struggled pretty, he, he struggled pretty mightily in Mexico. Uh, and and a little bit in Somerset as well. And uh, you mentioned Eric Manoa coming off a pretty rough season in the American Association. So uh, and, and oh, I forgot to mention Arsenio Leon. He throws very hard. So uh, from, coming coming from Mexico. So he's an interesting guy. But I think the I think this reliever group's about average. I think their bullpen's going to be about average. I worry about depth a little bit if somebody gets picked up. But uh, we'll have to see. Uh, as far as their lineup, Jimmy Paredes. This is going to be the year he breaks out. I'm telling you, Nick. It's got. He. This is. This is gonna be the year. Uh, so I. I love Parades. I, I bet it will be. I bet it will be. I think. I think it's the year. Uh. Uh. Reganato, uh. Guy who's probably gonna be at the top of the lineup. Gonna hit for a high average. Uh. Big fan of him. Elmer Reyes, another guy who's performed very well in Mexico. I think he. Could, I think he's gonna be a really good player. For this West Virginia team, Edwin Espinal, we've been waiting on the on the power. We know he has it in him, uh, but he hasn't really been able to translate it into games. We'll see if he's going to be able to do it in West Virginia. As far as the outfield, Jose Tapata is an interesting guy. Uh, he, he played in the MLG six seasons for the Pirates. Has only played seven games since the 2017 season now, uh, but in the Venezuelan Winter League, he had he hit 302 with an OBP of 507 in 21 games. So not sure how sustainable that is, but uh, he's an interesting name, has some MLB pedigree as well. Reimer Liriano has huge power. So uh, the strikeouts are a little bit concerning, as you mentioned, Nick, but mm. I, I do like him. I, I do like him in general. I think he's going to be a big power threat, uh, as well as Ruby Silva definitely has some pop as well. So overall, I think it's a, um, a very well-rounded team that could be that I, I think is a likely playoff team. Uh, but you know, guys get purchased. I, I, I worry a little bit about depth with them. So we'll have to see if guys get purchased, who gets purchased, how they look to fill those holes. We'll have to see. Uh, but I, I think at least as it stands now is definitely a, a pretty good team. Yeah, no, I think they're, they, I think I have them winding up being a wild card team. I, like I said, I think they're the fourth best team. It's just, they have so many bounce back candidates that obviously some aren't going to work out and some will work out. So, 
I'm just concerned about the wrong ones not working out, you know? Yeah, I, I agree with you. I think there are a lot of bounce-back candidates, which makes it all somewhat concerning, but I mean, I think there's enough intrigue there that some of them work out. Yeah. Plus, I mean, when you have Scott Kelly on your team, I mean, like, come on. How can you yeah. not wait? <laughs> exactly. Uh, anywho, we move on to the High Point Rockers. The High Point Rockies are back for year number two under Jamie Keefe. 74 and 66 in their inaugural season. And obviously, they have yet to win a championship. So, who do they got on their team? Well, they got a lot of really, really talented players. Honestly, they're probably the second best or third best team, depending on how high you are on them in the league. Uh, Logan Moore is in, who did well in limited action. I believe only about 20 games in Chicago last year. Batted about 300. Um, OPS of 937. So, you know, pretty good. Uh, four home runs, too. He did amazing the second half in 2019. Not so good the first half, but, you know, so after I started complaining that he was in the All-Star game, he just turned it on. So, I mean, shows me. Logan Morrison is in, the longtime major league vet. Edwin Arroyo, a dude I am very, very high on because he's done well every year in Chicago. The dude's like a guaranteed 300 hitter. Not exactly the most power-centric guy, but he's going to get on base, and that's, you know, something that's extremely important. Uh, we also have Michael Martinez, another former major leaguer here. Mike Carp, another major leaguer, also on this team. Uh, other guys like Jared Mitchell and... Uh, among others, uh, too. The rotation has Mitch Atkins at the top of it, no doubt, and is a very solid option there. Also, a guy like Craig Stem, both of those guys, Atlantic League guys. Also, I mean, I believe Atkins pitched in the majors for a little bit as well, uh, but both of them sub three ERAs in the, you know, mid to high, uh, 280s for their ERAs. Uh, both through a lot of innings, both very successful guys. I expect them to be kind of the one-two at the top there. But, I mean, guys like Max Pros and Ricky Knapp aren't terrible either. Luke Westfold had success in 2019, and I believe it was Chicago as well. So, I mean, it, it's a fairly decent rotation. I mean, there's some guys at the top that are very good, and then as you get towards the back end, there's a couple of question marks here, but I do definitely believe that they are going to get their wins from their rotation here. I think they're a pretty, pretty solid team. You know, they're pretty, pretty, pretty good on the rotation pretty, side. Pretty exactly. They're very Larry David-esque on that. But the bullpen's also, I mean, Brian Clark's back. He's a solid, solid bullpen guy. Kyle Halbon is another guy, another very solid bullpen arm. There's a lot of guys here. I mean, also, uh, Nephi or, uh, Ogando is a guy that is a former major leaguer. I think he's kind of not really a back end dude, but definitely like one of the first or second arms there. Kind of like sixth, seventh inning type dude. I could very well see him being that kind of a player and performing well. He did Pretty, pretty good. I mean, 3 5 uh, 6 ERA uh, in about 65 innings. So, not a bad pitcher by any stretch. He did solid, and I believe it was Cleburne there. Um, Patrika is another dude that did well in AAA, about 46 innings. Uh, he walked only about 15, so not a terrible walk rate. He struck out 51, though, so that's pretty good. Only 19 earned runs. So, a solid guy there. Uh, Brazabon's a dude that hasn't pitched since 2018. He did so in Lancaster 
And he was good there. A sub-2 ERA, just barely, but still sub-2 nonetheless. 41 innings, walked 18, struck out 41. So he's about a strikeout an inning type guy. About a hit an inning as well. Uh, so, yeah, he's not the best. But, he, I mean, again, runs aren't getting across. Only nine runs in uh, our nine earned runs in about 41 innings. So, I mean, you can't really complain about that all too much. So, I really do like the pitching staff a lot. I think the offense is certainly there. It's a well-rounded team. And again, like Lexington can beat you in a couple of different ways. And if you want to go to the postseason, if you want to do well in the postseason, you obviously are going to need to be well-rounded and be able to win in a lot of different ways. And also having a veteran manager like Jamie Keefe uh, at the helm who proved that he can do wondrous things as is the case last year and really just an amazing support staff all the way around on that team with guys like Billy Horn guys like Frank Viola on that uh, staff along with Jamie uh, is a solid team they're a hard team to beat I still think they're the second best team in their division but I also think they're the second best team in the league and I think they will probably get a wild card spot and they will probably do well in the postseason depending on who they draw and I think it's going to wind up being Long Island again but we'll get into that towards the uh, end of the show yeah I think high point is they were a team that I was I was disappointed to see not take the field last year because I thought uh, I thought they were that good Mm -hmm. Um, so I I think you look at their starting rotation I think it's a really really strong uh, rotation at least with the top four looking at Craig Stem Uh, Craig Stem a guy who was who was really good in the Atlantic League in 2019 with Southern Maryland and High Point. Um, he's probably he's probably their 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 top guy, Luke Westfall, coming over from Chicago. Very very high on him from the left side as well. Uh, Mitch Atkins, a guy who's been an Atlantic League mainstay, uh, was coming off an excellent year with York. That was a big signing for them too as well. Uh, Max Pozzi, you know he. He was a uh, a top prospect, uh, a pretty good prospect, uh, coming off of Tommy John. So we'll have to see how how he looks. He's kind of a kind of a question mark, I'd say at this point. Uh, but we know the stuff is there. But we'll see how he is coming off of injury. Uh, and Ricky Knapp, not a huge fan of Ricky Knapp, just because um, he did he, he he had some pretty big struggles in the American Association in 2019, a 580 ERA in 18 starts. So that concerns me. That concerns me a little bit. Uh, as far as far as their their starters, uh, you know, we look at I look at the I think the bullpen is really strong. Uh, Josh Judy is excellent. Uh, he had a great year in York. 2018 was very good in Mexico. He's going to be I, I really high to him. Uh, Huescar Brazavan. Comes over from from the Barnstormers, had a great year in 2018. Hasn't pitched since then, though, so uh, some question marks there. You mentioned Halbon. Jake Patricka uh, is a guy, a flamethrower, who's probably going to open the season as their closer. Was very good in AAA in 2019, a 374 ERA, striking out over 10 per nine in those 40 appearances. Pitched a little bit with the Brewers, too, in 2018. And uh, Nefio Gondo, I agree, Nefio Gondo is an intriguing piece. Brian Clark was really good with High Point in 2019. Also, I just think there's so much depth in this bullpen um, that I think it's a really, really good group. Even if I have some concerns about the back end of uh, of their starting rotation, even if Max Pozzi uh, can't can't turn it around or really come off of injury the way I think a lot of people would like to see him, uh, but I think the bullpen is really, really good. Uh, and the lineup. 
there's there's some names here that I think are going or that are going to hit really well. Uh, I'll start with the outfield just because I'm not as high about uh, high on them. Quincy Lattimore will join the team later in the season. We know he's a big power threat. He's starting the year in Italy. Um, Jared Mitchell is, is an interesting piece just because he started off so good in Sugarland in 2019. He had a he went crazy for three weeks and, and really tailed off uh, before getting ended up getting released by Sugarland and signed by High Point. Uh, and then he, he, he was fine in high point. So uh, it's a matter of which Jared Mitchell we're going to get. I know he homered in their scrimmage against Gastonia. Um, and another, another Ty Moore is another interesting piece, uh, in the frontier league in 2018, he was really good Hit over 300 there in 73 games with Schaumburg. So, uh, they're going to need him. They're probably going to need him in the outfield as well. Uh, but the infield is really strong, like really, really strong. I love Mitch Walding uh, in the infield. He struggled a little bit with Lehigh Valley last year, hit just 206, but showed power, 11 home runs. Uh, he also walked at a very high clip to go with that 206 batting average. He had a 351 on base, so he's going to get on base. I think that bodes well. He had a great year in uh, in AAA in 2018, and if you want to go back to 2017 uh, in AA Reading, he had 25 homers in 99 games. So uh, we know Mitch Walding has power. I'm a big fan of that. I think Logan Morrison is going to be awesome uh, when, as long as he is there uh, in High Point, was put up um, awesome numbers, and he had an OPS over a thousand in triple a in 2019 in uh in 61 games so i i think him saying he's going to hit in the atlantic league is a pretty safe bet uh nick's boy edwin arroyo uh, is going to be is going to be really good a guy who's more of a contact hitter going to hit for a high average we know what he's going to be um even a guy like Michael Russell, I think, could be pretty good. Uh, also, I, I would be surprised if they maybe shifted him to the outfield. He's he's more of a high average type of guy. And Mike Harp is another big name. Uh, was solid in his return in his, in his comeback attempts with New Britain in 2019. We'll see what he ends up being. Um, as well as Michael Martinez, who maybe not the best uh, guy at the plate, but a good glove at shortstop. So I think uh, I think High Point in general, really good team. Uh, really good team. I think it just speaks to how good Lexington is that I think Nick and I, we both agree that they'll, they're probably a second that I think they will be a second place team. I think them and Lexington will be a really fun battle though for that South division crown. Uh, so that, that'll be fun to watch. I, High point is really good. And, um, I agree there, you know, they're the second best team in the division. I have them as the, the second best team in the league as well. Yep. And the other thing I want to say there is don't sleep on nap. Just because I wanted to say that pun. Ah, uh, okay. Yeah. Yeah, I don't, I don't think he's going to be that productive. I think it'll be a fine five-starter, but I did want to get that pun in there because that pun is a number one starter. Too easy. It is. But look, I'm not going to take... I'm not going to turn down the easy things, but uh, we'll continue with talking about these high-quality teams here and go to the Long Island Ducks. 86-54 and 54 last year. Just dominating the league under the first year of Wally back when he's back for year two. They are looking to defend their 2019 championship and they do have themselves a team. I gotta say, uh, I think, I think they're the third best team in the league. Uh, but that's not really any reflection on them. It's just a reflection on how good the league is this year. Hector Sanchez is in. We got Brock Stassi, Steve Labrandosi, LJ Mazzilli, Ryan Jackson, Daniel Fields, Ray Frentes. 
Lou Ford's apparently back, although I thought he was retiring, but apparently he isn't. So I always am a fan of that. And then, of course, you have what is now the best name in baseball and Johnny Turbo, which I still cannot believe is a real thing. Like it is. I don't believe it's a real thing yet. I will. I, 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 I'm going to hold off on assuming it's a real thing. When you go to the game tonight and they announce that he's batting and they go now batting Johnny Turbo, what the hell are you going to do? We'll see. We'll see. We'll, we'll see. Uh, but although, although, again, I mean, you guys will hear this on a Saturday, so mm. you'll know. But I don't think this is playing. There's no way. Oh yeah, no, you're gonna get rained out. Like the whole weekend's rain, so you're not you're not uh, watching even worth Friday. Going up, then? I don't know. It is fifty fifty. I'm gonna be up there already. Yeah, it, seeing as you're already in the neighborhood, it's worth going over there. But like, it's gonna get rained out. There's no arguing that. Uh, but they would just call it early then. But I you would think, think they that. would, but they're going to hold out. But in eh, any case, uh, so obviously that lineup pretty damn good. You have like what three, four major leaguers in there, uh, five major leaguers, I think. Actually, when everything's all sent, we have Ford, Fuentes, uh, Larpandosi, Stasi, Sanchez. I don't think Mazzilli ever played MLB. No, he didn't. No. Okay. Yeah. I didn't think he did, but for some reason in my head. So at least five. Uh, obviously, a guy like a Brock Stassi is going to hit. Hector Sanchez did well as well, though he's getting a little up there in age. Labondosi didn't do as good as everyone thought, I guess he would do, but he still was a productive player, 260, a uh, couple of home runs. You know, didn't strike out all that much, only about 12% of his at-bats, so not terrible. Mazzilli um, did very well. I kind of have him at third base, although that's not really where he normally plays. But the outfield's awfully crowded. Second base is crowded. Uh, shortstop, I figure they're going to want to have Ryan Jackson in there playing. Uh, so I kind of just said, eh, LJ, you're going to figure out how to play third base today. I guess you could put Labondozi over there and then put LJ back to a second base. But there are configurations, and I think that speaks to the versatility of this lineup. There's also power hitters here. I mean, Mazzilli did hit 13 home runs. Fields hit 14. Fuentes hit 14. Lou Ford's just, you know, somehow at like 44, still hitting 300. I don't really know how he's doing it. Even if it is only in like 70 games, that's still damn impressive. Uh, so, you know, I don't know how you cannot celebrate Lou Ford continuing to do this. And eventually when we do get around to that Indie Ball Hall of Fame, I feel like he's a first ballot Hall of Famer. And it's very hard to argue otherwise. Um, but going to more of the pitching aspect of it, I do like the rotation. I th I'm interested to see where they put Mike Bolsinger. I view him as a starter. I could very well be convinced that he should be more of a closer type, but I think he winds up starting. Uh, Iorio is always going to be good. It's about a three RA. Akil Morris touch and go in his time. I'm not sold on him being that productive, but again, I'm I'm fine using was kind of like a three four starter. I think he'll be fine there. Uh, Brandon Feldman, I assume, will start as well. He did well in the Frontier League. His action about eighty six innings pitched, a sub two ERA, only nineteen earned runs, eighty six K. So you know he does fine. He gets hit a little bit, but it's all well and good. Really, me get down to it. It's the back end of that rotation that does spook me a little bit. I don't love the four and the five starter. And if you're not using Bolsinger as a starter, then the three star starts to scare me a little bit too. Uh, I guess you could, in the, I guess in theory, you could use Vimisaro as a starter, but I like him as a bullpen guy more, to be quite honest. Um, 
as more of like a long man or spot starter. I think he's more effective in that role. Justin Kelly comes in from Mexico. He pitched well there. Granted, small sample size, but he did pitch well there. Devin Rafferty's a guy I'm high on. Again, small sample in Mexico, but he did very well there. Uh, Mike Tompkin did very well as well in small sample size on Long Island last year. Johnny Helwig comes in from Japan after, you know, playing a little bit in Major League Baseball, playing a little bit in Japan. I. Uh, played in indie ball before actually it was a jackal before so all in all i like the bullpen a lot more than the pitching staff i like the lineup a lot uh, i want to know how that starting rotation is going to work out before i'm going to say they're going to repeat or have a real good shot at it. i think they're going to win the division i think they're by far the best team in the division but i don't know postseason wise how they're going to do especially if that uh, rotation gets thin i know i'm hammering that home a lot but it is an area of concern for me you know I'm going to disagree with you a little bit. I think I, I think the rotation is really strong. That's really? how I view it because I think I think Bullsinger, Bullsinger, I definitely view as a starter. Hmm. Uh, I mean, he was really good in Japan in 20, 2018, uh, regressed a little bit in 2019, but I think he's going to be really, really good for them. Vin Mazzaro, uh, Vin Mazzaro, I mean, as a reliever last year, he was really bad in, in 19. With the Ducks, he was really, really bad, and then they converted him to a starter, and he became really good. So uh, that that was an intriguing. That was something intriguing, and so I would assume he probably starts in the rotation again. Uh, I, I think I think, and I think he could be pretty good in that role. I think Joe Iorio is probably a guy that heads to the bullpen just because uh, just because he's showed success in in both roles. Uh, Akil Morris, not I agree with you. I'm not crazy about him. He really did struggle in the Atlantic League last year with New Britain and High Point. Uh, 475 ERA didn't str- didn't miss many bats, so I have some concerns there. Brandon Feldman's a guy I'm really intrigued by uh, because of how good he was in the Frontier League. Uh, I think I think he could be a solid piece, and he also was pretty pretty good in Double A that year as well. Um, Sean Gilmartin is a guy. Uh, I'm sure a lot of Mets fans will know, will know Sean Gilmartin. Uh, Old Gil money. Yeah. Uh, so I think he's in. I think. Definitely an affiliated ball. He's a reliever, but I think he's probably a starter. Uh, in, in uh, I don't love the idea of Sean Gil. Having watched a lot of Sean Gilmartin, I don't love the idea of in him the as Atlantic a starter. League. We're, we're talking in the Atlantic. I even though, still, man. I don't love him as a starter. I we'll really see. don't. I, I have him as a starter. I think he could be good as a starter. He was really. He's got really good AAA numbers. Uh, even though he has struggled at the big league level, those triple A numbers give me hope that he could be really good with the Ducks. So I, I think this rotation is really strong, honestly. And I think as strong as the rotation is, in my view, I think the bullpen's even better. Uh, I think Iorio is a long man is really good. Michael Tonkin was just at, was downright dominant, uh, in his, in his short stint. He gave up just one, uh, just gave up just one earned run in 21 innings with the Ducks in 2019 before getting picked up, which, um, isn't bad. Uh, David Spear, David Spear, the, the lefty, he is somehow in, uh, indie ball, despite the fact that double A last year, he put up a 1.81 ERA in double A. How? How is he an affiliated ball? I, uh, he, how, how is he not an affiliated ball? I should say. Well, how, I have no idea. How old is he? Like 27. That explains why. Well, now he's 27. He was like 25 when when the Indians well, even cut him still, worse. I mean, like for at a double A, like I agree, he should have gotten a shot at triple A, and he probably should be there. But like, I can see why now, especially after contraction, why you wouldn't keep a 27 year old around. 
Well, regardless, he'll yeah. be really good with Long Island. Oh, yeah, Johnny no, Helwig's he uh, Johnny Helwig's a guy I'm really high on. I mean, last year in Japan, he had a three uh, ERA of exactly three in 2019 only give up four and a half hits per nine so a hit every two innings in japan is excellent he was he was he was dominated in japan in 2018 as well and also was very very good in triple a that same year so i think helwig's gonna be awesome jose quas is a guy i really like uh was really good in the lower minors um as well uh as well as long island before it had a short stint there before getting picked up i think this bullpen in general is really really strong the lineup, I like the lineup, but I don't think I think it definitely is a, a pretty good a pretty good distance away from a, a lineup the caliber of High Point or Lexington or even York in that sense. Um, I don't love the lineup, uh, but I, Hector Sanchez will hit. Uh, I love Brock Stassi. I think he is going to rake uh, as long as he's here. Ryan Jackson had a good spring training, but the numbers really weren't there for him in the Atlantic League, so I'm not quite sure how he'll do. Steve Lombardozzi, a big name, but he's optimistically, you hope he's a 270 hitter uh, at best. Um, In the outfield, I like Mazzilli. I I, I like Mazzilli. I think he's probably their second best hitter. Daniel Fields, he's got good power. Uh, He's got good power, but... um, You'd like him to hit a lot more, a lot higher than 244 for sure. Uh, Darby Myers slash Johnny Turbo was very good in Long Island, not so good in Somerset. So I, I think I, I think we'll we'll be it'll be interesting to see uh, how good he is. He has the track record to back it up uh, to have a good season, and of course Ray Fuentes, a, rate, a late addition, uh, he's got some pop as well. So I think it's a decent lineup. I wouldn't put them on the class of like the top three lineups. I've in my view. Uh, but I think they'll hit enough. I think they'll pitching the pitching will easily carry them to a division title, and I think it's pretty likely you see them back in the championship series once again. See, I I disagree on Iorio being in the bullpen. I think he's more effective as a starter, and uh, I understand what the split says in Mazzaro. I just I have a hard time viewing him as a starter. I I don't know why that is. It's just something I do. Well, Iorio is better as a reliever, even like two fifty nine ERA as a reliever and three sixteen as a starter. Obviously, yeah, both I just were think, good. Yeah, I mean, yeah, I just think he's more useful in the rotation, though. I like, especially if you look at it, like, like I understand Feldman and Balsinger. We both agree on that front that they're both going to be decent, if not very good. Then Akil Morris has probably got to be a starter. I don't think anyone's thinking he's a reliever. Uh, I think that's pretty fair to say. So now you're at three. So you need to get to five. Even if you want to say, okay, Vin Mazzaro is a starter, there's your fourth one. You still need a fifth one. And I think Iorio's the fifth. I, I think it, I think you're you're disregarding Gilmartin. I think he's gonna be I, I think he I, could I, I we'll see. Uh we'll see how they choose how they choose to use him. I mean, it's hard to kind of guess what where they're gonna be use a lot of these guys, but I think he's he might be an affiliated slash MLB reliever, but I think he's a starter. I, just, uh, I think he's a starter in indie ball. I just like I. I'm just saying. I don't think I've seen something from that. I go, yeah, he's gonna be a good starter. I just don't think I've ever seen that. I don't know. I mean, well, if they choose to use him in a multi-inning reliever role, I think that could be yeah. effective as well. Yeah, I just so. yeah, I I just I disagree on that one point there. But uh, any case, uh, continuing on, two teams left. 
Southern Maryland and York will go Southern Maryland first, 59 and 81. Stan Clyburn, I believe this is year three of Stan Clyburn, and uh, they have yet to win a championship as well. Obviously a bit different because they've been around for much longer here. Pretty decent rotation, pretty decent lineup, a pretty decent team. I wouldn't say they're a top-tier contender. I'm very hesitant to buy into them because every year somebody buys into them and then they disappoint They're the Florida Panthers of the Atlantic League when you want to get down to it. But I mean, guys like Kent Blackstone, going to be decent. Edwin uh, Edwin uh, Garcia, terrific fielder, going to be decent at the plate. Dario Pisano is a guy that I'm very interested in, very solid player. David Harris, I think, is going to make the transition very well. Josh McAdams hits well but strikes out a lot, so that's an issue there. But there are guys in this lineup. Braxton Lee's a dude. I'm interested in seeing how he does as well. I think he's going to do well. Um, Joe DeLuca could be something, could not be something. I was high on him in the Frontier League. Not sure how high I am on him in the Atlantic League. Uh, as far as rotation goes, Mike Devine, obviously, he is simply divine. He is great. He was amazing as his, in his first year as a starter in St. Paul, really, last year. Uh, did terrific. So I think he'll do well again this year. Brandon Barker is another guy that is did very well in the Can-Am. I think he's going to do very well in the Atlantic League. Daryl Thompson's an ageless wonder, so you don't have to worry about him. That back half's a little bit more concerning, although I think Colton Mahoney will be a pretty solid number four option. Decent numbers in triple slash double A uh, in 2019. Uh, so I, I, am, I do like him a lot. So I think the rotation's pretty good, uh, all in all. Bullpen-wise, Matt Latos is great. Dalton Geeky is going to be very good. I think everyone's been hyping up Dalton Geeky a lot. From there, it's a little bit more touch and go. Patrick Baker, not a huge sample size uh, in 2019, but he did well in it. Uh, and then Blake Bivens, or Bivens, yeah, I appreciate it's pronounced Bivens. Uh, he did well in 57 innings, an ERA slightly under four, but solid enough numbers. He walks a lot of people, though, and that is concerning. Uh, but all in all, I don't hate this team. I don't love this team. They could probably sneak into a postseason spot. But uh, if I'm being honest here, I don't think they're going to get in. And I'm very hesitant, again, to buy in on their hype. Yeah, so Southern Maryland, I think they're very pitching heavy. It is kind of how I view them. I really like their starting rotation. Like, really like it. Hmm. Like, I think Daryl Thompson, Daryl Thompson is Daryl Thompson. He's going to be great. Um, he's going to be their ace. Mike Devine coming over from St. Paul uh, should be good as well. I'm a big fan of Bivens uh, in, in the rotate. I think he's going to be a starter for them uh, just because he came out of the bullpen a lot in double A, uh, but also in high A in, in 2018 as a starter, had a 283 RA. So I think, I think Bivens could be really good. Uh, I, I'm a big fan of him. Also agree with you on, on Barker. I like Barker a lot. Uh, and Colton Mahoney, uh, 319 ERA in 27 total appearances and nine starts in double A. 319 ERA in double A. So hmm. I, I think he is going to be a really good starter. Also uh, was pretty solid in a, a few triple A starts as well. I like Colton Mahoney a lot. I think the starting rotation in general is really strong. Um, out of the bullpen, I think there's a lot of high upside guys. I don't know how much I love the group as a whole, though. Latos is, is awesome uh, as, as the closer. Really like Dalton Geeky as a setup man. Guys like Austin Glorious, I think you just need to throw more strikes, but he has good stuff. Um, uh, Andres Brasino, uh could potentially have some upside uh, as well. 
So I think the bullpen, I worry, but I don't, I don't, not a huge fan of guys like Sam Burton and Patrick Baker, just because, uh, Patrick Baker is such a small sample size in the Frontier League and the numbers before that don't look great on him or great for Arigua. Uh, I'm, I'm, don't love that as well. Uh, so I think the bullpen's decent, uh, but, but I think it lacks some depth. Uh, as far as the lineup, I, I, I think there's a few impact bats here. I love David Harris. I think David Harris will be really good. I like Pisano as well. Apparently, he had some injury problems. He's now healthy. Uh, he's now healthy again. So, and he was pretty good in the American Association last year. So, I like Pisano. I like Braxton Lee. Uh, Jordan Scott, if he gets in the Empire League MVP of 2019, he could be interesting. We'll, we'll see how he does. Uh, you know, Ken Blackstone. Hopefully the bat comes around, but his the glove will certainly be there. Uh, and McAdams, McAdams had a, a career best offensive season uh, last year. Josh McAdams, and so we'll see if he gets to keep that up. I I, I worry about uh, this lineup. I don't love it, uh, but I mean there's some solid pieces, but I, I don't love the lineup in general. But I think the starting rotation is good enough. Uh, to keep them in the race for a little bit. Uh, so I think it's a decent team. Uh, I would not, I, I don't think, I, I don't think they're a playoff team in all likelihood. Uh, but uh, the pitching is good. It is, but the pitching is definitely good. I, I, I'm excited to see how that starting rotation looks. Yep, definitely. And so we go to the final team now in the York Revolution. Um, Mark Mason back again for year number eight, 75 and 65. Really turned around after a bad like four or five weeks there to start the 2019 season. Wound up making the postseason, losing obviously in the first round. Last championship is 2017. And I got to be honest, uh, I know you're going to be high on this lineup. I'm not very. And it's simply because I only see like... One, two, three, four. Really like four guys that I really do like. Everyone else I'm so-so on. I don't dislike them. I don't love them either. I'm pretty neutral on this team. I think there's some really decent-looking starters. And there's a couple of really interesting bullpen guys, namely Jim Fuller and Brandon Fry, uh, that I do like. Rotation-wise, Von Schoeman I like. Uh, nicely, I think we'll do decently. I don't think he's gonna. I think he'll do nicely, but you know, I, I I'm not totally convinced on him. But I do think he will perform well. Steinford, I think we'll do fine. We'll do fine. Uh, Sanabia, I think he'll do pretty well. I think he had a rough year in Mexico, but I think he's gonna come back and I think he's gonna pitch well. Uh, Jake Walsh did well in the Atlantic League last year, so I do like the rotation. I wouldn't say I love it, but I do like. It. I think there's pieces here that really do look nice. Uh, lineup wise, like I said, I'm not overly in love with it. I will admit it was kind of a pain in the ass to put together the the York preview just because you really had to piecemeal their roster. They did not make it easy either. Instead, they just posted press releases to their weekly. We announced two or three signings as opposed to just giving me a roster. But, you know, uh, every team does it differently. I will say Melky Mace is really cool. I like him. Wellington Dotel, I like him. And Carlos Franco, I like him. Josh Vitters may be interesting, but his numbers suggest that I really shouldn't be that interested in him. Uh, as far as everybody else, I think it just depends on how high you are on them individually. But for me, individually, I think they're fine. I don't think they're really that poised for a breakout. I don't think they're anything, you know, that special from the average Atlantic leaguer. So all in all, I think they're 
not one of the better teams. I'd probably say they're probably number six or seven, uh, depending on what I really think about uh, Lancaster. But I just don't. I'm not that high on the Revs. I got to be honest. Yeah, I'm not. I'm not really that high on them either. And I think my, more of my concerns are in the pitching department. I like Duke von Schaman, uh, and I like Jake Welsh, a guy who came over from the Frontier League, who's really good in the Frontier League in 2019. I think that's rest, even though he struggled a little bit in a short stint with York in 2019. I think he's supposed for a breakout. I think well, I'm really high on a guy like Jake Welsh. Uh, I loved Casey Lawrence while he was there, uh, and then he got picked up by the Mariners. So uh, that's good. That's that's tough because I thought Lawrence could legitimately be an ace for this team. He's no longer there. And I think they're going to struggle without him. I'm not a, too much of a fan of Alex Sanabia just because uh, he really, really struggled in Mexico, gave up a ton of hits, a ton of home runs. Uh, I understand the competition in the Atlantic League is not as good as Mexico, but there's a lot There's there. He didn't miss a lot of bats. Especially in a park like York, I think that's a recipe for disaster. Uh, Austin Nicely, I, I, he was like an average pitcher in the Frontier League. I don't think that bodes well to him coming over. Austin, Austin Steinfort struggled in York in 2019 in a short stint, but was good in the USBBL and the Empire League, so I guess we'll see. But not, not really a big fan of this starting rotation at all outside of the top two guys. Uh, in the bullpen, uh, Jim Fuller is as good as they come as the closer. I like Brandon Fry. I think he's going to be good. I think Edward Paredes, Edward Paredes is going to be very good as well. Uh, throw on from the left side. I think Israel Cruz has some, has some, uh, has some potential as well. Um, as posting high strikeout numbers in low A ball. Uh, but I think the rest of this bullpen, I think it's just a collection of guys who throw hard, uh, but have not had much success at all. Um, for example, you look at a guy like Eduardo Rivera, uh, Eduardo Rivera had, had 9.8 walks per nine, uh, last year and, uh, to go, to go with 13.7 strikeouts per nine in, in 2018. So I, uh, he is, there's a lot of guys like that who walk a ton of guys. I don't think it's a recipe for success for the bullpen outside of guys like Fuller and Fry and Paredes, uh, the lineup. You mentioned, I think it's good. I, I think that they have a lot of power. I like Carlos Castro. I think he supplies a lot of power from the catcher position. I think he's a really intriguing piece. Um, Carlos Franco is a guy who raked in York in 2019, was uh, was solid as well in AAA in 2018. I think he's going to be really good. Um, a guy like Nelly Rodriguez, I think the move to York, I've always been a really big fan of him. He's had showed big, big power in the minor leagues. Um, and so I, I think he's hit 20 plus homers in three different minor league seasons, including in double a in 2016 at 26 home runs. I think the, him and the arch nemesis will become best friends. I think he's posed for a big breakout. I'm a big fan of him. Melky Mesa, Wellington Dotel. What else do I have to say about them? They're great. Um, Rashad Crawford's an interesting piece. He's a guy who always hit for somewhat of a high average uh, in Double A. He's a great defender, though, so I think uh, I think he's an interesting piece. Darren Sanford will also steal every base in existence. So uh, I think the lineup. I think the lineup is good. I really do think the lineup uh, is, is really good. But I, I have too many concerns about this pitching staff to really for me to throw them into the playoff conversation uh, at least at the moment. Yeah, I I don't I don't see them as a playoff team. Uh but 
Uh, on that note, we finished every team here. I guess we'll do a quick uh, postseason and then just uh, MVP and pitcher of the year. And then I guess we can get out of here. Uh, playoff wise, I think we're both going to be in lockstep here. Long Island wins the North. Lexington wins the South. I think the two wild cards, uh, they wind up going high point. And I th- I'm going to say West Virginia as of right now. I think that West Virginia spot is vul- is vulnerable. I don't know which team's going to step up and take it. But I do, like I said, I think there is a pathway for a lot of these teams where if things fall right, they could probably take it. But I do think West Virginia is better than the other four teams in this league. And uh, I think they're going to wind up taking that spot. Uh, from there, I think it's going to wind up being Lexington, and it's tough because I assume Lexington would get West Virginia, and I assume it would be High Point versus Long Island. I'd say High Point probably could beat Long Island. I think they, they do it this time. And if it's a High Point Lexington final, now it's... I'm going to go on a limb. I'm going to say High Point can do it. I really like that team. I think High Point could do it, but I think it takes. I think that series would go the distance. Um. Yeah, I, I think. I think we're. I think we're gonna have the same four playoff teams. I think. Mm. I think Lexington will take the South. I think Long Island will take the North. Uh, and I think the two wild card teams. <clears throat> I think the two wild card teams. You're probably looking at. Uh, High Point, and West Virginia. So I'm gonna say West Virginia finishes slightly below High Point, though. So. I'm trying to think how this the system would work then. So, if I had West Virginia as the second wild card, they'd play Lexington. I believe so. If you're saying Lexington would be the number one overall team, okay, yeah. So then I'll have West Virginia and Lexington, uh, the uh, the groups with the same ownership, battling it out. Uh, I'm gonna take. Uh, I'll take Lexington in that series. I think there's just too much talent on that team. Mm. High Point, Long Island. Hmm. Repeat of 2019. Oh, I think High Point's going to have the better record in the regular season. Oh, I think, but you know, I, I think, I think, because Long Island inevitably adds somebody like ridiculous down the stretch pitching wise. Uh, add they add like multiple really good pitchers. <sighs> you know what? I, I'm I Long Island has they've done it so many times. I think they win a playoff series. Mm-hmm. I I think. Even though they might not be the more talented team, I think the, they have better pitching, and I think that that uh, bodes better in a playoff series. So I'm going to have Long Island in the final, um, and between Lexington and Long Island, I'll take Lexington. I think Lexington's just that good, uh, but Long Island certainly has a chance, given the fact we all know Long Island's just going to add the second coming of Mike Trout uh, <laughs> at some point in August, and so I could be totally wrong about this, but I'll pick Lexington to win it all. Get ready for Cameron Maybin to wind up being a Long Island Duck. <laughs> Just get well, ready. will he ever get a hit with the New York Mets? I'm going to go now. Oh, no, he won't. He's not allowed to get a hit. He's like, go for 26 at this point. <laughs> but, uh, so player and pitcher of the year real quick. Okay. Uh, player of the year. Uh, I'm see there, there, there's a bunch of directions I could go for um, for player of the year. Hmm. I'm gonna go. I tell you, what, I'm gonna go with Brock Stassi. I, I think oh. Brock Stassi for Long Island. I'm that high on him. He raked, absolutely raked in New Britain in 2018. Put up good numbers in Double A before getting hurt last year, uh, I, it, as well as good Triple A numbers in 2018. I think Brock Stassi's gonna win. I, I, I think. Um, I, I really, I really do think that Brock Stassi will win Player of the Year. There's plenty of guys you could throw in that 
conversation as well. So I, I think uh, I think that that's going to be my pick there uh, for pitcher of the year. Um, hmm, pitcher of the year. Uh, how could you go against David Kubiak? Uh, I I think that there's there's a number of guys I could go with some of the newer guys, but you know I'm going to stick to what I know. I think David Kubiak. If he's there for a full year, uh, I think he, his numbers in the Dominican Winter League have been really, really good. Uh, I think Kubiak is ready to come back roaring in West Virginia. I think he'll take home pitcher of the year. I want to say Kubiak for it, but I don't want to be the same. And I was thinking about one other longtime Atlantic League pitcher, and I'm going to go with him. I'm going to say Daryl Thompson for pitcher of the year. I think he has it. He's certainly proven in the past that he can do it as far as player of the year. I kind of want to pick Edwin Arroyo, but I know he doesn't have the power numbers that are necessary to win that because power numbers are sexy and they get you wins. So instead, I'm going to go Keon Barnum. I think he will be around just long enough to cement that. So I'm going with Barnum and uh, Thompson. Yeah, I think those are two good two good picks. Yeah. All right. So with that, that does it for the Atlantic League preview. After about ninety minutes of talking about the Atlantic League, uh, hopefully it's good. We're going to see how accurate we are as we go now into the start of the indie ball season. And next week, we're going to have a show of just talking about independent league baseball, the actual play on the field, and it's going to be awfully fun. With that said, we can kind of move to the plugs now. If you want to follow the show, you can do so on Twitter at Indie Ball Pod. You can do so on Instagram at Indie Ball Report and at ALPB underscore news to find all the previews of all your Atlantic League teams. And you will also want to, if you're listening to the Atlantic League preview, probably are interested in the Atlantic League, following ALPB underscore news would probably be a great way to stay up to date with everything happening in the league over the summer. So you'll want to do that. You could also follow the show wherever you find podcasts. So tune in Stitcher, Podomatic, uh, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Amazon Music, really, like I said, wherever you can find podcasts, the show should be available for you. You can find uh, links to everything we talked about today in the show notes, although I don't think there's really going to be too many links there for you. Uh, you can do so there. You can also find the show notes as well as articles of the previews and everything under the sun on the website, IndieBallReport.com. With that said, do we have anything else left to add? Uh, well, since people are going to be listening to this on Saturday, uh, yeah. hopefully, hopefully the opening night game in Long Island doesn't get rained out, but I have my doubts. Yeah, you're, you're getting rained out tonight. But, uh, only thing I have to add is Robert Morris cut both its men and women's hockey programs. Uh, first off, highly against that. We need more collegiate hockey, not less. Two, you just bragged about raising $100 million ahead of schedule, so I'm not really sure why the programs got cut if you have the money. And three, they went about it in a way that arguably is shittier than when North Dakota cut their women, their women's hockey program. See, when North Dakota cut the women's program, the team was practicing and there were recruits visiting. Now, Robert Morris decided we're going to try and one-up that by... Uh, announcing that they were cutting the program, but they only told the coaches, and only the coaches, an hour before that they were actually making the announcement. The players didn't know until they heard the announcement themselves. So, uh, yeah, pretty shitty on Robert Morris. Uh, we're kind of short on time, so I'm not going to go into the larger rant that I had, but uh, yeah, shame on you, Robert Morris, for canceling the program. There's really no reason, and the hockey team is the only thing that resembled success among athletics at Robert Morris University. So uh, boo on them for doing that. Yeah, 
that, that that's that, I agree. There needs to be more collegiate hockey. You don't see too much of it. Honestly. Exactly. Yeah, because there's only 60 teams. So, oh, yeah. my dream is to actually get like a March Madness, like a legit one with 64 teams in it, having them play like that. But I know it's a pipe dream. But at least get to 20. At least get to a 20 team tournament. That'd be fun. But uh, with that said, nothing else left to add. You know the drill around here. Until next time, don't forget to play ball.